Hey, everybody. Thank you for being a part of the solution-based community. After listening to this podcast, please subscribe, rate this podcast, and leave a voice message at the end of the detailed written description on any platform that you're listening to this thing on. Please remember to leave a message, and I, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Coming up on this episode of Solution Based Community presents the Get Together Mental Health. Um, I think the average person, when they think about mental illness, they don't really think of it as mental illness. They might consider themselves in a funk. It's behavior that I've seen where, you know, parents knew that their stepfather was abusing or molesting their children and they turned it up a cheek because they wanted to still live together. People will go to the gym to look good. But when it comes to our minds, what does it matter what your body looks like if your mind is crap? I feel like the, the black community is taught to distrust by fault because it keeps them on edge all the time. 50% of adults 26 to 49 with serious mental illness mm-hmm. did not receive treatment. How do I identify that I am ill when ill is the norm? Uh, if you happen to get a call about you looking a little too much like your mama, let me know. <laughs> I was looking the other day and I was like, she, she yeah. cute tonight, all right. <laughs> you, you coming down, you looking good, y'all. Why, thank you. I've been working hard, man, working hard. But my head's looking bigger. You know, we got I was just going to say, it still look, <laughs> it still look real extra round, yo. You know what? Shade. So we got, shade. yes, Hold yes, on, it got. provides a lot of shade. That is correct. That's, you know what? <laughs> what, what kind of filter you got on your screen, Brown Girl? Because every time you come on, you, your braids is like sparkle shining. What's going on? She, oh, I have it's a ring. Extra. It's called I extra. I have a, I have a ring light. <laughs> oh, man. oh, she really got yeah, a light. It really looked, yeah, yeah. Your joints be they sparkle every time you come I, on, yo. It's next episode right now, man, and we got some we got some special people on that I. Uh, I need to introduce first and foremost, uh, you know, we brought we brought my brother back, man, my man D, Danny Dalton. You know yes, what I'm saying? My, yes, sir. My yes, brother sir. from another mother for, for for years, for years, man. Super duper father, super duper Christian, man, strong, strong brother, 20-year veteran of the military, Air Force, man. Just a just an all-around good brother right there, man. What's going on with you, brother? Hey man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Good to see my little sister up there too. Oh yeah. Good, her. What's good, baby? What's up, baby? How you, man? Thanks for your service, too, D, man. I appreciate oh, you, man. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. All right. All right. And uh, once again, you know, we got uh, we got my one of my favorite people in the world uh, back in the building, but uh, we just had a nice little talk. So so she is an official, she is an official special co-host now. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So, so welcome, welcome. Official special co-host, the brown girl in the building. What's up, girl? Yes, sir. Hey, 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 guys. Yes. Um, thank you for having me. Shit, I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really like, I want the confetti and shit to come down, but you know, it don't work. It don't work in this house. We didn't. You know what I mean? The confetti don't work here. But I'm gonna right, get it. Right. I'm gonna get it rocking one of these days no, soon. No, because somebody's <laughs> right? gonna have to vacuum that up. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. This person that I want to introduce um, has been 
my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader, uh, my my biggest, uh, you know, uh, just just. I'll start crying and, just, and shit, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, don't you, don't hey, do all that. You cried the other day. Don't say don't, it. Don't, see, don't say that. T, you bringing up old stuff, gang. <laughs> That's your problem now. You bringing you up cry, old stuff. You That's your problem. Look. You bringing up old stuff. Well, I'm going to bring up old stuff because I'm talking about somebody that I didn't know all my life. Well, this is actually. Uh, That's not true, by the way. That is actually not true. I've known her all her life. And I was just right. about to say that. Uh, but she is, um, she has been my, my biggest motivator, my biggest supporter, uh, my, my biggest challenge, um, and uh, my, my biggest competitor in my life. Um, she is my little sister. Uh, she is my first memory that I have ever had at the age of two and a half. I still remember her being born and, and holding her. That is the first memory of my entire life. Um, and she Aww. is a brilliant, 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 beautiful individual. Um, Juanita Henry. Welcome, little sister. Uh, the, CEO, the CEO of the Facts of Life Skills. I'm going to that up. A licensed clinical therapist, uh, a social service consultant and trainer, and uh, inspirational speaker. A uh, spiritual counselor, uh, okay, and all around just artsy old anything you need, jack of all <laughs> trades. I mean, she reminds me of me. I don't know where she get it from, but she can do it all. That's what I'm talking about right there. We'll, we'll, give, the, we'll give the juice to mom. We'll give that, the juice that, to mom. All right, we'll give it up to mom. Yeah. We'll give mom, it up to mom. the jeans, baby. Yeah. 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 But um, that is, this is my baby sister. I love you to death. Thank you so much for coming on. What's up, baby girl? Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, this is also your platform. So I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm hoping that it grows 10 million fold. And I'm putting all that light yes. and love. Into it. Yes, so yes. Speaking it into existence. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord. Speak that Absolutely. thing into existence. Thank you so much. All right, let me, let, me, let me get this floor real quick, man. This is a, this is a good friend of mine. And I, I, I think I need this floor real quick. Um. This sister, we went to action, we went to high school together. We just reunited on another podcast, another high school friend of mine. Um uh another another guest uh by the name of Joe, who uh the iPhone, y'all know him as iPhone Joe. You know what I mean? Who, who what the hell you talking about, Joe? You know that Joe. <laughs> and, you know, just just put the bug in each one of our ear, like, yo, that's such and such from high school, and I'm like, oh shit, we was on the the, the world podcast and blah blah blah, this and that we reunited. This is a great friend of mine, Miss Ivy. I want y'all to give it up for Miss Ivy, everybody. Come on, hey, let's, go. Let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. Very intelligent black woman. Welcome. Very intelligent. Hello. Thank I'm you. happy to be going with two queens. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. This is what it is. This is what it is. All right. So, today, you know, we're talking about something real touchy. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Something real touchy. Mm -hmm. You know touchy, what I mean? It's touchy for many people. Many touchy people. for many, 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 many folk in the African American community. Mm. We really, really be shying away from this thing. You mm. know what I mean? This segment here is a very important segment for the African-American community. This is about mental health. Mm. 
And I'm not talking about the mental health that, oh, I ain't crazy. Oh, I ain't, you know, I ain't wildin'. Oh, I ain't this, I ain't that. You calling me crazy. No, I'm not talking about that. I mean, do we know that grief over a loved one, unaddressed grief over a loved one is considered, you know, a treatable illness? And, do we, and, and how it manifests. Ugh, that's another story, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to start out. I want to start out by by asking the sister Juanita. Sister Juanita, you are a clinical professional here. You are a mental health professional here, right? Mm-hmm. I would like to ask you, you know what I mean? Not not from a not from a um clinical standpoint, not from a um I'm talking about from a personal standpoint. <laughs> I need you to I need you to clarify what mental illness is in your words. And I um, and I really want to go around the board with it, but I want to start okay. with Miss Juanita. Um, to me, mental illness is an imbalance, okay? If you look at anything um, too much or too little, it doesn't matter which way you go, it can cause a problem, okay? And this is an imbalance that usually manifests in a pattern of behavior that we would call toxic, okay? Toxic in all areas of life or multiple areas of life. So you can say your career, okay, um, relationships. And we mean relationships, both friendships, you know, romantic, platonic, romantic, uh, how we raise our children can manifest there with those kind of relationships and manifest. And um, I mean, little things, it, even just how you go about your day, what your daily routine looks like. Okay. Um, your ability to achieve goals, uh, your ability to uh, have a quality of life. Okay. So these patterns of behavior are toxic patterns of behavior that block us from getting the life that we usually want, because I don't know anybody who wants to be mentally unstable is what I would call it. Or anyone who even wants to go through grief loss. We don't want those things. So learning how to maneuver them is really important. Obstacles of life. I agree. And it's about anything that it will deteriorate one's life. Like I said, it's an imbalance. I've dealt with mental illness in my family, um, friends, um, and and any time it is destroying one's life and, and they're unable to understand or fix it, it becomes toxicity them yes mental illness is very toxic even for family members just being around it who are not mentally ill as well yeah oh yeah just having to uh involve and deal with and and trying to maintain and help usually when we 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 look at this there's a we usually call it a biopsychosocial okay so there's the biology of it which is when you're pre you know disposition you're predisposed to something something like god forbid schizophrenia bipolar depression Okay, anxiety. There's a lot of things that can also have to take place in the womb, depending on how the mother is when she's pregnant, bearing what she has done. Is she smoking, not smoking, drinking, God forbid? Um, is she under stress, right? All these things kind of map the brain and um, can lead to negative patterns later on after, you know, a child is born. But then you also have the psychology of it. What is your cognitive state? How do you process information? What are your faulty thinking patterns? We all we talk. We talking about the brain. You talking about yeah. okay? Yeah. All right. How does the mind process information? It it reminds me of, for an example, if you see a crowd of people and you walk past, and we've all had this happen, and they start laughing. Is your first thought that they're laughing at you? 
you know, or is your first thought that, oh, they're, they're having a good time, right? Yeah. They're going, I want to yeah. laugh too. Yeah. Depending on which route you take can lead to other thoughts that branch off. It can be either positive or negative, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have the social aspect of it with the, your experiences, the things that you have gone through, okay? Things that might be traumatic and always keep in mind too, what is traumatic for you may not be traumatic for me and vice versa, okay? So a lot of times we have a mm. bad habit of trying to one up each other with our traumas and saying, oh, that's nothing. I, when that happened to me or I had this happen, you know, you had a death one where I lost both my parents. Well, the Deadpool scene. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, somebody yeah. who lost that one parent is just as traumatic as somebody losing two. We don't do that comparison here. Trauma mm -hmm. is trauma across the board. So you have those kind of three areas that we tend to look at, and all those three areas come together to form usually a mental disorder or mental illness. I don't really yeah. like using disorders because it's an uncomfortable word to say. Um, so it's diagnosable. Like, yeah, something that's diagnosable, but also just something that, again, causes us not to reach our, our higher functioning, our highest level of functioning. So one of the things that I, I, I'm, I think the average person, when they think about mental illness, they don't really think of it as mental illness. They might consider themselves in a funk. Yes. You know, or and because when I first yes. when I first started um, trying to manage minds, I was just in a constant funk and I couldn't get out. I was and I was like, when people's like, well, what's wrong? I was like, I'm just stuck. And it's like stuck with what? I was like stuck with everything. Like I couldn't move forward with anything. Um, and people don't realize that that has something to do with, with some form of mental illness. Yes, Queen Brown Girl, what you're speaking of too is what you said, that word constant, right? We have a tendency to, um, even though it is constant, we know it's there. It's, it's something, but how long do we take to decide to seek help? It's usually years, usually years, sometimes decades in all honesty in the, in the black community. Yep you know, decades to finally say something's wrong. I'm trying all these different avenues, but that's unfortunate because those years could have been spent working towards a solution versus that time spent stuck, unable to achieve. And you're trying every angle and adding on more, you know, uh, uh, faulty thinking patterns or issues that come yeah. along with it. How much mess we leave in our wake behind us, you know, how many burnt relationships, both friendships, romantic relationships. Oh, it's a hot mess that we leave behind us until we're able to, you know, uh, unravel our minds. Someone once said in this meme, I like little memes sometimes, and he had this picture of a therapist and it's all this, um, uh, yarn, okay, and all this yarn is, is, is intertwined, multiple balls of yarn, and so what a therapist does is just help you organize those thoughts, and we help you unwind it, you know, um, I like to say this, people will go to the gym to look good, okay, they will work their ass off to look good in a heartbeat, yes, okay, and you will go to a yeah. personal trainer to help you look good and pay him buku dough to make you Whatever look sexy. Okay, but when it comes to our minds, what does it matter what your body looks like if your mind is crap? What does it matter? So to me, what I call myself, I was like, I'm just a, you know, physical fitness for the mind. It's the same thing. It's no different. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is start including this as part of our normal um, medical evaluations. You go to the dentist twice a year, GYN, eye doctor, you know, mm -hmm. those things. This should be a natural thing that we do. It shouldn't be something that's like, just oh. Just a checkup. It should just be a mental health checkup that you do, like clockwork that you have to go and get. But again, there's so much stigma attached. Not lately, it's getting better. But I mm -hmm. think about it like that. It's just like any other thing that we work out out of ourselves, but our mind is attached to everything. What I was going to say was, um, and you guys all kind of touched on it, but... Um, go ahead, touch it again. Think, think touch the shit again. Right, right. Think <laughs> on the term disorder. 
right? Mm -hmm. That means it's the opposite of ordinary. So if you think about a mental illness, something is wrong, it's sick. If it's a disorder, that means, hey, somebody is conducting or doing something that's not ordinary, right? And I think that when you think from an illness standpoint, right? It doesn't matter if I have a cold, flu, COVID, it's an illness, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's something that is attacking my body, it's something that's unhealthy or unfit, therefore it's not ordinary because the norm is your body should be functioning regularly, your life should be this, so forth. Therefore I may have a fever, I may be doing anything to combat it, right? Mm -hmm. Mental health or mental disorder or mental illness is the same thing. That's on that same line. I wanna, I wanna say this, right? I wanna say this. We wanna talk about, I wanna talk about normal, right? Normal, mm -hmm is the majority of what, you know, what's around us, all right? So we got 10, oh, no, we got six people in the room right now. If four of us, you know what I'm saying, are doing something, that, that, that particular something that we're doing, those four people, is considered normal, okay? Right. So now, I want to take it back to the hood, you know what oh, I mean? Because yeah. I never want to I... forget it. I never want to forget the hood. I want to take it back home, right? How do I how do I identify that I am ill when ill is the norm? How do I identify that I am ill when it was the norm? All right, so listen, if if I if I haven't if I haven't gathered my thoughts, right, and my feelings and my emotions, right, that I had from my homeboy dying, right, ten years ago. Now, excuse my language, but how the fuck am I going to identify with the feelings that I had with 20 other motherfuckers that have passed since then? And, and, and not, only, not only was this my mans, but mm -hmm. everybody around me. So mm -hmm. we pouring out liquor, we, some sparking up, you know what I mean? We still crying. You know, mm -hmm. my son has his middle name, and these are facts. How can you identify abnormal when it's normal in your in your hood, in your neighborhood, like when it's around you? Nah, so Herb, let me say that. That's why I say ordinary. Because it's all subjective to your environment and how you grew up and your experiences. So me growing up in the hood, right, I didn't know that my father body slamming me and all that other stuff was abuse, right? I didn't know True. that type of stuff that, hey, man, you have bottled up, pent up stuff inside of you, so that's why you react like this, you know what I mean? Because these things happen. So I, I think that we all are a microcosm of our environment, right? And what we know to, and what we're taught. And in the hood, where we from, no one's teaching us that, hey, like what you say, Juanita, we gotta get those checkups. This is abnormal. It's behavior that I've seen where, you know, parents knew that their stepfather was abusing or molesting their children, and they turned the other cheek because they wanted to still live together. These type of things, right? Oh. So you say to yourself, how do you deal with something like that? Because that's what my grandmother did, and I almost killed my grandfather for that, right? For touching my little sister, being, you know, open full disclosure. I almost shot him right in D.C. because he touched my little sister. But what I could never understand was, how is it that that thought process in the mind, my grandmother can go to sleep at night, still be married to that guy, turn of a cheek, and this guy didn't molest my mother, my sister, and everybody else, and you think that that's cognitively good. 
You know how? Because she was raised that way and in that environment to be like, I'm gonna turn over Facts. And that's it, you know? Facts. Facts. Mental illness runs deep within families, within generations, to where the abnormal becomes normal. So it becomes unidentifiable between each other. So how can one one identify by at least taking themselves out of that situation and then getting help and then looking back and saying, hey, guys, I think this is not right. But nobody's listening. Nobody cares to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, what are you talking about? This is the norm. This is what my mother's done. My mother's mother's done. This is what Susie's doing across the street. This is what Tamika's doing. This is normal. Yes, it's normal to sleep with a bunch of different guys. Yes, it's normal to have a bunch of different kids. Obviously, there's something going on inside of you that you need to find complete and make yourself whole. There's something that he's missing that he needs to do all of this that he's trying to find. And everybody is making it normal because everyone is abnormal. So then it becomes, the abnormal then becomes normal. So everyone <laughs> just accepts it. Oh, that's so factual. Looking, just looking at, 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 some of the, at some of the numbers, the one that stuck out to me, uh, Herb, was in 2018, 58.2% .2 of Black and African-American young adults, 18 to 25, and 50% of adults, 26 to 49, with serious mental illness mm -hmm. did not receive treatment no they, they didn't they don't receive treatment and what you guys are talking about is i call it the mirror effect okay mm. and what the mirror effect is is exactly what everyone is speaking of you don't know it until you see it okay yeah. until you are you are mirroring somebody else usually is the person that brings it to your attention or you go somewhere else it's like the kid who grew up in the hood who then goes to school in connecticut you know, and uh, you, you go to school there and then you're like culture shock. Oh my goodness. Uh, I didn't know, recognize this, but it usually has yeah. to be a mirror that happens and that occurs to say something's not right. Or you go somewhere and there's a mentor or somebody that steps into your life that says, you know, let's get this kid help. Let's get this person help. They're trying to achieve this. It's usually a coach, usually for us as coaches, okay, which are really important um, in sports and, um, or a teacher that steps in and says, what's wrong? And once you see that mirror and that mirror is shown to you, it's like you can't look away again, usually. Usually people can't look away. But then a lot of times, too, people are like, they'll see it, just like in the Book of James, which I love it, right? They see the, the uh, errors of their ways or the errors of their families. But what is normal to them is stronger than the ability to work through, right, to get to the other side. Does that, does that make sense? So yeah. in other words, you know, in order to, to become or to leave abnormal and to go to normal, you got to fight mom, dad, cat, dog, sister, brother, because all of them are in that pattern of behavior, okay? Mm -hmm. You usually also have to leave the area. You can't live there anymore. You can't be in the yeah. house anymore, okay? There's a lot of things, socioeconomic things that take place you, that have to, has to happen in order for you to be able to continue with a normal pattern because usually what you see is they'll see it and they'll start working towards it and then they'll revert right back because it's too hard. It's too difficult right. and there's too many people pulling them backwards or saying, you know, oh, you're being stuck up or oh, you're being you're being corny or, you know, you're being white. We love saying that to yes. black people yes. when we so are you trying lose, to you lose, black. You know, or you lose your black card all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. well, and I think like civilization, can't, mm -hmm. civilization can't belong to us. Like right, that's right. that's basically what they saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you mm -hmm. can't be to be educated is to be white. I'm like, no, to be educated is to be educated, baby. Don't get it twisted. You know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a difference. So once that happens, or these are all these different struggles that are occurring at once. So for me, looking back and thinking about it, it's a lot easier just to stay put. 
You know, it's a lot right. easier just to stay put and stay in mess. Also, do not ever doubt how mess, how comfortable mess is mm. when people have lived in mess. Okay, mm -hmm. it is comfortable to them. All right, when they go to this is you see this in relationships all the time. Okay, yeah. where people are used to people treating them like crap. Okay, yeah. and then when they go to someone who is beautiful and kind and loving, they feel uncomfortable in it because either they start creating mess themselves and mm. pulling up nonsense and drama, yep. or you know they bounce and they have to run and leave and go back to mess because they're comfortable. Right. We've talked about this a couple times, they. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Getting with those people, like you know, dealing with relationships, so, man. But that that part of that part of mental illness, you know, isn't identified like we said because it's the norm. Right. It's the absolute. It has nothing to do with, with 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 walking down the street with no clothes on. It has nothing to do with talking to a tree that can't talk back to you. It has yeah. nothing to do with you know just going against the total grain. It has everything to do with what we as a community as a whole are comfortable with. We're comfortable mm -hmm. sitting in our shit. We're comfortable crying about it. We're comfortable, you know, revisiting these particular moments because we feel like it's normal. Quote, unquote, you're normal. Or you're comfortable in the hood with the man doing the jig dance for some money and people laughing and joking and this is normal. Yeah. This is a very normal thing that we see all the time and it's not yeah. considered. But then when you go to a library and read a book, it's uncomfortable. Or like when I had youth one time and they told me we went to Starbucks and I never forget it. They were like, we can't go in there. I said, why not? It's interesting, but they can walk to the corner store past 25 people that's trying to holler at them, sexually molested, human trafficking, drug dealing, people getting shot, drug dealers hanging out in front of their block, and they on the street. They out front, like, it ain't nothing. I pull up and I'm like, fine. Oh, there, I'm there shook, is, you know what I mean? There I'm, is. I'm, you know? And they're comfortable. They're comfortable. You, you got to understand, you got to understand this part, too, Juanita, and me, is trauma involved in that, too. Come you on. know what I mean? It's trauma involved in that, too. It's, it's, it was art. Here, here's here, here's my block was about two or three blocks down from the suburbs, right? I mean, mm -hmm. straight hood, but suburbs was right there. Spray paint, uh, empty, empty, uh, uh, uh beer bottles, the whole nine, like crack mm -hmm. valves, all of the above, needles, everything on this side of the street. But birds is chirping over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is that going across that street, the thought of going across that street, that street is traumatizing yes. because because it was made that way. Now, mm -hmm. as African-Americans with a clean slate, with 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 a with a, a, a one credit score, with 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 a, 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 a 30, you can ride a Bentley, the whole nine. The thing is, is that you have had to experience some type of prejudice slash racism in this country. And now, probably will get it more shit because is you're rich. This is what, that shit is traumatizing. Mm -hmm. It's bottom line. The, when you open your eyes and you say, hey, my beautiful black child descended of mm -hmm. slaves, that shit is traumatizing. So, I think, well, can I can I just say something quick? Descendants of kings and queens of Africa. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know most, what I'm but these, but, but 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 you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, here I'm in with America, you. Here in America, I'm that's all you, our queen. history is here. It's all I'm with you, here. queen. But mm -hmm. as far as we that's go back, we we yep, as far as we go back in this country, we were slaves. 
We were one, what, uh, what was it? What, the three fifths of a man. Correct. Three, yeah, three fifths of a man. Three fifths. As far as we go back in this country, we we can find documentation where we it was illegal for us to read and write. Mm -hmm. Illegal for and us to how? do anything other than serve that a master. Shit within itself mm -hmm. is traumatizing. Correct. And, and if we pass that, that trauma down. Yes. Yeah. Every time from from the time from kindergarten one up, the one thing that that black kids are taught is their history begins with slavery. Not that okay, yeah, our history begins with kings and queens, inventors, innovators, and the fact that we can also say we're not slaves, but we are the descendants of survivors, despite mm -hmm. everything that we were set up to fail, despite being made inhumane or inhuman, like you just said, three fifths mm -hmm. of a man. Mm -hmm. um, and don't even talk about the women. We was just straight property. Uh, we never even got that chance to be three fifths of anything. Yes. So then you're constantly teaching this to children generation to generation our school systems are created to make sure that they pass down trauma from generations to generations and then because of that now you have this is already planted in you and then you have this lack of trust because why would i trust somebody who don't look like me with my deepest secrets of the things that hurt me the most what did i talk to you about what did i tell you about the other day when we was talking to the uh we was talking about the the covid 19 thing heightened alert system Right, we have a justified heightened alert yes. system. In this, what you guys call in it in clinically, in clinically, yeah, what yeah. it's called is PTSD. Okay? Yes, it's PTSD. Clinically, is what it's called. Yeah, yes. and I mean, going we're back, what you're talking people about that don't look like us and people don't look like them that look like them, we're taught to not trust each other and not to trust them. We're taught this as a young age. So you go to get mental health. We're told that we were slaves and that that this is bad and that's bad and and you ask a small child which doll is, is the evil, which doll is the bad one, the brown one or the white one, yeah. they're picking yeah. the brown one. It's, it's, we're taught to dislike ourselves. We have self-hatred in our own community. And then anyone who tries to rise above that and becomes even hated any, even yes. more because they've yes. enlightened themselves. And mm -hmm. so then how do you then say you need to get mental therapy or mental health to counsel that? They're, they're taught to distrust. I feel like the, the black community is taught to distrust by fault because it keeps them on edge all the time. So they're always kind of so playing fresh. defense. Oh, we got to be stick together. We got to, mm -hmm. but, but we're saying all this stick together, but ain't nobody sticking together. And from history, I mean, the experiments that they have done on us, okay, in the, in the, Airmen. In the medical community, Tuskegee Airmen, anything that we speak about like this, where we have entrusted ourselves, right, um, to some form of a clinician in some shape or form, only to be abused, right? To be right. harmed, to be cut open, and to be experimented on while we are alive and well to see what will happen with our uterus outside of our bodies. Exactly. These are things that have occurred and have happened, yes. and that man is on a statue, right? It was on a statue standing outside of a university. These are things that we see all the time. Again, this is what creates this traumatic, what you guys are talking about is traumatic patterns, right? That, yes. um, and triggers that happen all the time. We are triggered as soon as we wake up because we're Black. Right. Yes. Keep that's, this in mind. That's exactly what I'm saying. As we wake up, when I wake today, up, I realize being, I'm black. We're still guinea pigs today. Correct. 
You know, when I, when I leave the house, how do I dress? How do I move? How do I interact? Yeah. I'm gonna give you a prime example. Uh, yesterday, me and my best friend went down to the shore and it's just me and her. We just wanted to get out, you know, just walk, do a little bit of walking. Um, been, I haven't gone anywhere forever, right? We've been cooped up. So we won, we played a little game where we won a bear. And I said, you know what? There's this baby that kept standing. She's probably like four and she kept standing on the side watching us. And I said, you know what? Um, so my, my, my bestie is uh, light-skinned Puerto Rican, we shall say, okay? Um, and she's standing there and I said, you know, let's give it to the baby because we don't want, I don't want to touch a prize anyway. I don't want the prize, but you know, let's, you know, if the baby wants it or whatever, just ask a parent. I said, this is my idea. But I turned to her, I said, do me a favor. Can you go ask their parents why? Why did I ask that question? Yeah. Why do I have to feel the need to say that? Because I know coming from me, I might look like a crazy black woman who's coming over creepy with her their child. Okay, but it's mm -hmm. my idea. So she went over there. They're like, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. That's so great. Thank you very much. Reverse it. And if it was me, no, oh, thank you or whatever, you yeah. know. But I felt compelled to do that. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a mode of thought that it's a mode of thought that that people don't even understand. So when you talk about stuff like white privilege, they don't even understand that part that plays into it when we're dealing with things every day and then we gotta come out and also deal with the mental illness part of things. And then we're not even represented correctly in the field of mental illness uh, health. We're that's, underrepresented. That's, that's, that is that's a factual statement, bro. And it, and it also shows, and, and, and the, 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 the data shows that, that uh, of black people in the mental field, mental health field, deal with black people way better, way better. Yeah, but we're but underrepresented. We're, we're a minority within the, the field. We're a as minority well. within Correct. that as well. We are definitely a minority yeah. in the field, and I see it all the time. Um, and unfortunately, you know. When I go to a conference, oh, we're like a couple little dots, a couple little specks that are there, but yet who are the majority of the people that they're serving? Wow. Yep, exactly. it's us. Us. And it's difficult That's why from, <clears throat> from, the, from the insurance side of it, like one of the things that we offer, like my, my employer, we offer um, employee assistance program. So I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it, where we allow our employees to get six free sessions per issue per calendar year. And then you can decide to stick with your counselor at your own um, and pay for your own um, treatment. But when you go onto our site, you can't filter by therapists or, or counselors or anybody that are black. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can filter by gender, but you can't filter by race. And it's, it's very difficult because I know I went through it before when after my dad passed, I wanted a black therapist. I went through seven because mm -hmm. when I was looking for one, I couldn't just go on Horizon's website and say, I would like a black therapist. Like it wasn't filtered that way. And if they didn't have a picture, I was just like, kind of like, all right, sounds like it's a black name and everything. But, you know, ultimately it wasn't. Selena is not a black name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, it's even difficult for us to search um, and go through your insurance companies in order to find the help that you need because most people can't afford to pay that out-of-pocket cost without the, um, the insurance offset. Come on, correct. You think about if you're already economically can't afford this Come and on. then whatever Medicaid allows you to afford then makes you feel sicker than you do when you're already mentally at your height of unwellness. So factual. You would rather feel that than to take those pills. I'd rather be incoherent 
and out of my mind than to take something that is going to slowly decrease my my bodily functions where I can't cope through a day. So you have, they weigh their options and then they choose to not take those medications by choice just because I don't want to sleep all day or I want to be coherent. I want to hold a conversation, although it may be brief, but they feel happier within their own mental state without being drugged or doped, especially when somebody just pushing pills off to them, not really trying to get down to the bottom essence of what is going on with them and truly finding the right medication that can help them. And because it takes so many, it takes a doctor who really cares who really is trying to find out what cocktail of medication is going to help that individual. And if you don't care, you're just going to give them here, take this, go on, go on out of my office and come back. Yeah, you're going to push it. And then you tell them to come back in a month. Let me know how you feel. Doc, I didn't feel good after the first dose, so I stopped taking it. I don't want to go back anymore Mm -hmm. because I've had a bad experience now. Mm -hmm. So that person has a bad experience. You see them running down down Broadway in their boxers, but that they're happier in that sense that someone cares for them and their loved ones probably do care for them and accept them as they are instead of trying to push those unnecessary drugs on them, which makes them more unwell. Let me, let me just jump in real quick because when we talk about medication, I'm real sensitive to it because it's important. Okay. Medication, like we said, is definitely important. What she's speaking of is, is so true. What tends to happen is it can take many different types or tries trials of medication to be able to find the right combination that works right for your body chemistry. So I was trying to, you know, if we can find a, a psychiatrist of color, it's always important to do so, okay, if you can. But most importantly, also recognizing um, that what's supposed to happen is you do not just take medication, okay, and that's it, all right? Yeah. A psychiatrist prescribes medication, but they do not do therapy, yeah, okay? Talk therapy. speaking, they don't. They will see you for 15 minutes in their office, and then they will leave. This is why one of my personal goals is to have an MD and a PhD combined so I can do both. So I'm much more versed in being able to help you and say, you know, medication wise, maybe this is a struggle here. What are we going through this, going through this tribulation and maybe we need to up decrease or whatever. But the goal is this to reach whatever level of medication that you need. Okay. But also to increase these coping skills to go way up here. This is the goal to do this. Okay. And it should look like this. Medication should be here. Unless we're talking about the schizophrenia, the bipolars, when we're talking about some some serious yeah. mental health issues that can cause um, death, literally, whether it's suicidal death, you know, uh, or anything else along those lines, true story. But um, they also have genetic testing now that many people don't offer and they don't know about. You have the ability to go in to request a genetic tester where they will yeah. swap your mouth. Okay, and they will tell you what medications will work better with your body, and which ones won't. But Absolutely many people, will. going back to the insurance thing, it may not be yeah. covered. It may be something that you have to pay for out of pocket, and it costs can cost some 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 coin to be able to get it done. But I recommend it to people. But even on that list, you still have a gamble, and it might take some time. But I always tell people, medication is usually very important for certain people. That chemical balance can't be corrected without it. A lot of times. But you need to have the therapy piece too. You can't have one without the other. It does not work. I agree with that 100%. Uh, I think sometimes, I, I think we're, we're scared of the medication so much because one, it's just, it's just pushed to you. Two, there's no expectation is given along with it. And if, like you said, if you don't have the, the, the therapy along with it to, to even know what's triggering you and, and the things that you need to navigate through and you're just given drugs, is like you said, you're setting yourself up for failure. And then we give up on both and we don't do anything. 
you know, we're yeah. back to square one to where we were, yeah. you know, but like you said, it should be also worse. as far as our doctors too, because keep in mind this too, this is also important for anybody with children. Can they test medication on kids? No, okay. they do. Okay. Not when we think about to. this, so majority of these medications that we know about yeah. have been trialed on, you know, on adults and then given to children. Okay. Yeah. So this is also important to understand too, that how kids' body chemistry is completely different than an adult's sure body is. chemistry. Yes. Yeah. So these things too. So there's so many different issues with medication that's in there. Also, when we're talking about diagnosis, a black person, and the statistics are in there, if you go to, you know, Mental Health of America, I'm sure that's where you're pulling your data from, Mental Health of America, uh, King. Yes. Um, Mental Health America <laughs> is a great website, by the way. I know because I read it often. But um, this is important because when you're even thinking about um, different medications and, and pieces that we give to people, not only do we not know how it works on children, but we also don't know how it works on people of color, right? Specifically, body chemistry. Could we be honest? My body chemistry might be different than a Caucasian woman's body chemistry. Yes? I mean, right. we naturally see it in just how we're built, Higher right? Just blood how pressure. Correct. All you know, of these different things. All I, different I, I don't even think it's limited to just race. I mean, it could be just woman to woman or male to male. Or gender, right. All of these pieces right? really do yep. matter. Right. They really matter. But I do want to say something real quick. Let me say something real quick. I know Herb, you're about to get in there. I think the biggest block in the, in the Black community are two things that we kind of all touched on. One, economically being able to uh, afford it, right? Mm -hmm. Because yes. not everybody even has health care. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. When we start talking about our communities, how many people even have health care? They got to get Medicaid or Medicare, right? And then Access. what's the other thing, which is probably the biggest one, right? The biggest one is probably what? The support or the stigma that comes along with everything. Oh, okay. Of course. You see these jokes all the time. He needs to be on some medication. She needs to be on medication. No. Oh, you want to go see a shrink? Hollywood does it. Man, she crazy. She needs to go see a shrink. I mean, there's always this negative stigma about getting treatment. Mm -hmm. So therefore, how is uh, folks in our community, when we brought up, nobody's in there teaching us that you need to have this, this, and that. No, what you're hearing and seeing is, is mm, I don't want to be sitting without because I feel depressed. Somebody's going to judge me. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't want to be this because then they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm in a loony bin. And I think mm -hmm. that within our own households, starting with just even our children or siblings or whatever, we have to reevaluate how we view those things because that's the perception that's out there. And whether it's black or white or whatever race we're going to go see as a therapist, the perception is, is well, I don't want to feel different and awkward because I feel something is wrong with me mentally. We got to fix that piece. And how you do that is by which what you're talking about, brother, is what I teach as far as my therapy style is. I tell people, I was like, what kind of therapist are you? Clinical behavioral, cognitive behavioral, all these different things. Okay, you know, whatever it is, DBT, all these different things. I teach emotional intelligence. That's what you're speaking of. Okay. Emotional intelligence, the ability to be able to control your emotions. And in various situations, no matter what situation that comes up, your ability to not crack and shatter, right? Under pressure, under pain, under heartache, whatever it is, you name it, it happens. What we have great practice at is that as black people. We practice this every day. We practice this every day. This is also why you don't see us usually going into schools and shooting up a joint. Okay, why? Because, or that person that lost their job and ah, they lose their mind. And, and it's, I'm not, you know, not to make fun of it, but seriously, we tend not to do that because our life is struggle. 
We right. done lost money, made money, went through these different pieces. So what we're talking about is emotional intelligence, okay? And I tell people, I draw this map and I do it out and I put everything, I have one thing in the center. If either you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, somebody made somebody. Somebody made that microphone and make dough. Somebody made this camera, right, that we're on mixed dough. Somebody made your hat, King. Somebody made your shirt, Ivy, right? Somebody's making this money. You can make coin in all types of areas, but you can't do any of it, no matter what it is. If that center spot, which is emotional intelligence, isn't there. Okay, because one decision can kill you, right? Can kill somebody else. One decision can put you away. One decision, it doesn't matter what a decision, ability to handle conflict, manage tribulation, all these have to do with emotional intelligence and that starts with our children. I think we're more inclined to suffer um, like harsh negative consequences to a bad decision. I think we're more inclined to have any decision that we make be viewed as bad. And I think that is one huge contributing factor to us not going and shooting up buildings and things of that nature. See, I think that we have a fear, this fear of white folk, this fear of a white face. So now when this, this, this white man is giving me this diagnosis, or when this white man is giving or, or, or writing this script for this medication, I got a thousand questions running in the back of my mind. Now, as a black clinician myself, right? I know that I'm a minority. Mm-hmm. I know that the empathy is like, I mean, non-existent <laughs> within the clinical practice. I understand that we don't totally understand what we're actually doing when we when we when we diagnose, you know, someone with a certain with a certain thing, and they're just that, that that's just a, that's just their moral bond. That's just their that's just their cultural, you know what I'm saying, uh way of life. You understand mm-hmm. where I'm coming from? Absolutely. And we and we quick the diagnosing this biopsychosocial assessment, right? Is done in 15 to 20 minutes. You better stop doing that shit. Yeah. When mm. you when you come wow. to my people, wow. you come correct. A biopsychosocial assessment is not even 45 minutes. Right. It's, mm. For me, I, I take about two sessions and there, I'm always reading. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, treatment treatment is one assessment anyway. It's from 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 uh intake to discharge is one big assessment. Yeah. But oh, I don't want to talk in clinical terms. I I just want to let the people know in layman's terms that your rights, your treatment rights, what I find myself doing is not only reading, but breaking down treatment rights in layman's terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This means this. That's that means that. Give an example of that, Herb. How would you give me an example of something like that that you broke down, like specifically? Okay, I mean, any, any word, like, I don't use clinical terminology on this particular podcast or on any other platform, not even in my, not even my groups, you know what I mean, unless I'm asked, right? right. And the reason being is because clinical terms is kind of sort of, like saying psych, and the reason reason oh you thought I was you thought I was uh I, I was trustworthy psych, so mm. so and and why need to know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So 
when you when you when you come up with this with these clinical terms, a wall gets put up. Yes. You lose your it reminds you. It reminds yeah. you of the Tuskegee experiment. Mm-hmm. It reminds yeah. you of don't look don't look them in the eye while walking down the street. Right. It reminds you of uh, uh, Emmett Till. It reminds you of these things. You know what I mean? In the back of your mind, you're saying, "Yo, something is going wrong." This guy looks cool, but he's saying something that's making him not look so, you know what I mean? Like when I first, you know, so when when I say when I say I break things down in layman's term, bro, I'll read it word for word, and some of it, some of it will entail some cuss words or some type <laughs> of slang or yeah, some type of something. I, I say this, I right. say that, I say this, and I shut the hell up, right? If you got if you got a state, right, in a family of five, all different ages, right, that baby is not gonna be able to eat, right? But if you got ground beef, a bowl of ground beef, everybody will be able to eat. Now the reason why I say I know it sounds crazy. Reason why I say no, that no, is I because that. I take I take this 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 shit that everybody can't digest, and I grind it. I grind it for the people who can digest the big steak. Okay, you can eat this too, goddammit. Yeah, what you're talking about is practical practical knowledge and practical information, which is I just told you I didn't want to say no clinical term. Emotional intelligence, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I got to do the woo size and all that other stuff. So how do we get to again getting people acclimated with therapy because i hear you want you know what you said but how do we get people acclimated you, in you want to take the floor on this one right need it i'm oh gonna come at you i'm gonna come at there's, you there's there's i mean yeah i'll definitely do in the community but think what i need it for us like me you know granted i was in the military yeah and we added that element in that called the whole person concept uh-huh. but talking about from the hood yeah they, it means it has to be spiritual uh, you know, mental, and then they, 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 they call them. that holistic help. Yeah, the holistic. But go ahead, Juanita. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, for, for for me, I have to go into it. I have to go into it in order to help. Okay, that's 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 for me. So for me, I don't want to sit and do therapy. Unfortunately, you know, I might live in Cherry Hill, but I don't want to do therapy in Cherry Hill. Okay, so I feel like I need to go to where I know the need is. Okay, so it's one getting more people like us in this field involved in this field. We need that. We need that tremendously, and we need the ability for people to recognize that this is not. They they look at like clinical work as like this most terrifying and super struggle when it's very rewarding. I'm going to be honest with you. Majority of my majority of the time, I love it. Do I come home days? Burnt out? Absolutely. But this work is not as terrifying as people make it out to be. I think so releasing that stigma is also important about getting into this field. That's one. Um, whether it's about pay or about what might happen to us while we're in the hood, if we're there, all those things that they have that prevent people from wanting to go into this field because we need more people. Then you have to actually be willing to go into the hood. You have to be willing to go there and be in the ground level. If I do IIC work, which is an in-home community-based therapy, if I do and I contract out and I'm in somebody's home, I'm on the ground level. I'm at ground level with them and part of their family. I'm sitting on that couch. You know what I'm saying? And the couch, you might, listen, I've had beds and living rooms. Somebody literally sitting on a porta pot like a little porta pot potty talking about they had to pee because they had no running water and I'm not flinching. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not flinching. I'm there and I'm at base level and I'm at ground level because my goal is to figure out what do we need to do here to get to where they need to be. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's about not having that fear of also being able to do this work as well. Um, then I'm also going to say, I think just overall, how to remove that stigma is, like I said, it has to be regular education of this from, from when we're tiny. From the very beginning. When we're, and I think yeah. the best way to do that, for me, I like contracting with schools. Okay, that's one of my things. I contract with schools okay. and I might contract with them for six to eight weeks. And what I notice is what they like to do is send me all the bad children, the children that they can't get to conform, right? And they want to come mm. to me. And then we work through. Imagine if we had though these social services yes. in the school, the built into measures. the school system. So when you send your babies off to school, they're also learning emotional intelligence. It's on top of it because this is all part of learning and education. We should right. start there at the school-based system, okay? Mm-hmm. From kindergarten, it should be something that you have to do every year and work your way through. Just like you got to do math 8 million times. Who gives a damn how well you are in math yeah. if you're not well here in the mind? So I believe yes. in, in, in infusing it into our education system period for us would be best. All right, Herb, what you, what, at, you, what product at, you advertising right at, now? At, at, arm's length, at arm's length at any given time, I have education, right? I have education available for children, so for nicotine? young people. Yeah, this nicotine, I got anything you want over here. You know what I mean? Every, every drug, um, how it affects, the, the, you know, the biological, psychological, and social being well-being of a human being um what i do is what i do is i sit down and i have casual conversation because your question was how do i get quote unquote our people you know how do we recruit our people into treatment okay what i sit down and i do is is have casual conversation right about what is it that you would like to see better in your life Mm -hmm. bottom line now, a lot of our people won't tell you what it is. They will beat around the bush. I want a better job, making a little bit more money. I wanted it. Now, I, hey, man, I know your mama. She told me you like to draw. Oh, no, I ain't going to be no artist. You know, how you know? Your plan for the next time I see you, I need you to tell me four artists that look like you that may inspire you and come back and talk to me about it next week. You get your four and I'm going to do some homework myself. I'm going to get five. There you go. So now I go Google my five and while that person goes and, and Google their four and when we come back, we have a healthy dialogue. Now the self, the, the esteem, the mm-hmm. self esteem level has, has not only risen by the time of the departure, right? But when they come back, and they realize that therefore, oh, I couldn't find any more than this. Well, listen, I found five, five other than your four. So mm-hmm. now they have nine. So it's now it's a maybe I can. Yeah. You know, this ain't all that bad, man. Mm-hmm. What you scared of? Progress, progressing? Yeah. You know what I mean? What you scared of? Getting a little bit, you know. It, yeah, I was scared of progression at one time, too. But guess what? It feel good over here. Yeah. And you know what also what he's talking about is what we do too for this, which is important. I call it therapy in motion. I take my people to the art place. 
we're going to do art together. Mm -hmm. We're going to, you know, you want that job? Okay. Let's go get it. Let me show, take you how to show you how to fill it out. You got anxiety about applications? What better than to have your therapist sit next to you to help you work through the anxiety of filling out the application? And it's wow. a hands-on approach to when you're done. You filled out applications, we completed it, and for your hour or two-hour sessions, you were you accomplished something. Those things are really important to do. Like he's talking about this hands-on work. And that hands-on work, I think, is really important because they walk away with a concrete, something that they achieved during that time. And it works. It works. And I, and I think it also creates a, a type of trust between, now it's a trust between you two. You, um, Herb, you just said, Therapeutic I'm rapport. For my, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have my five. And then you came back with your five. Yes. So, right. and then so and that connection. Trust, right. And yeah. then Juanita, to piggyback off of what you said, how you were saying how um, you want to partner with schools, I think it would really be important for us to partner with churches too, because uh -huh. a lot of times yes. people go, are told. <laughs> me too, me too. They don't watch this. Like, <laughs> Henry, yeah. I cuss all the time. Hey, that's, 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 that word, that's language. language. If you're going to go where they go, they know, they know. You better get that holy water while I need it. You got to go where they go. But my thing I, is, that's what Jesus did. I can wait. I can do <laughs> right. Jesus rock still. Okay. Okay. Sorry, and I, I think it's important. No, I think it's important for us to, to do that partnership, too, because a lot of people um, and, and I'll just use my own personal experience. When I said I was in a funk, you know, they was like, oh, why don't you go talk to pastor? Or why don't you go to church and everything? Go to church more. And here's the thing. When you do that, when you follow those instructions, when you pray more, when you read the word more and you're still in a funk it makes it worse because now I have the funk that I was already in. And now I have, Oh wow. God didn't even hear me pray because oh, nothing's changed. Oh. And now there you're you at that point where you are hopeless. So, and I think where, you know, the churches are really good at saying, you know, make sure you get your, your physicals done each year make sure that you get your, um, prostates and your oh, uh, mammograms man. and all that stuff. They're really good about pushing that physical health during, you know, any stuff. type of service. You know, February is, is where Red for Heart Health Month and everything. So why don't we have that same yeah, push health. for your mental health? Yeah. Um, and I think and, and that's where... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Queen, I'm sorry. Real quick, too, because what you're also stating is something that's so beautiful that we should do on a regular basis because also a lot of those people who are pastors or spiritual counselors aren't clinical. That's None. another big part. And you not go at there all. and they will not they are counselors. That's why they call them counselors, because they're not clinicians, which is something different. They might be able to help totally you with spiritual but talking to them about bipolar disorder or this depression that you have can be lead to some serious consequences as well if it's not dealt with in the proper manner. So now I got a, I got a feeling about that, right? All right, go ahead. Because mine's a little different. I mean, I don't necessarily agree that you need the mental health side as long as you have your faith side. So let me give you an example. I went through some stuff. King could tell you, and Juanita would know, that um, I went through a lot of stuff, man. Um, and so off of this last divorce or whatever it was that I had, um, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to go and get a, see a therapist because I've always just relied on my faith, my faith in the mm -hmm. Lord. And it got me. I didn't have a problem. But what I said I wanted to do was get out of my box and say, okay, that's fine. I had a friend who was the director of psychological health that worked with me. Uh, she's talked to me every day. She would mention the therapist. So I went to two different therapists. And it's, you're not going to believe this, but when I talked to them and everything afterwards, you know what they said? Oh, brother, you're good. Well, actually, the VA lady, too, th three of them did. They said, oh, you're good because you have strong faith. In fact, you taught me stuff. I don't need to come back. Now, when I was, I think I know I was telling King this, and I was just saying to myself, like, therapy doesn't work for me. 
but I wouldn't shun myself from it. I just always felt comfortable with the Bible, prayer, and God always moved in my life. So, but I, it's not that I would say I'm neglecting that from anyone else or even my children, right? Because I feel like it's all encompassing, right? Not everything is for everybody. However, it's been a big stigma that's prevented a lot of us, meaning in the black community, to not even try the therapy, medication, et cetera, or get the assessment because of the previous stigmas that we talked about. Well, I, would, you, I, would, you mind, would you mind sharing what you went to therapy for? So I went to therapy because I wanted to ensure that uh, I wasn't uh, depressed and I wanted to ensure that my mind was good because I went through a whole lot. I was going through a whole lot from every angle, right? And so mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I want to go back there and just try it out to make sure that uh, one, it was about depression, really. The biggest thing was depression. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, I got abandoned, got left, had a lot of stuff that I had to deal with. And so I felt like, you know, still raising my daughters, I still felt like, man, I got a lot of stuff I'm dealing with. I didn't have good energy, you know, every day. Um, my, my hurt was so severe and things like that. So I just kept pressing from a spiritual standpoint. My friend who was the director of psychological health was like, just try to see a spiritual therapist or whatever. And I, and I did. And when I went there, like I said, for that, they say, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people get depressed and things like that, but that doesn't mean that you are in deep depression. You yeah, there's differences. I was to say, there's a difference because yeah. de you can be depressed for a situational and then there's right. depression, right? right. Which is right. And, you and that's so, what they said, but they she, she felt that because I, I believed, and I think that this is the difference, right? For me, it's because of my faith and what I believe and that's what pulled me through to make me everything. So her assessment was, or three of them assessments was that. Your faith and what you stand on, but they're saying a lot of people don't necessarily operate like that and that they do need medication or therapy, cognitive therapy, psychotherapy, et cetera, to get them provoking thoughts and getting them back into a normal, ordinary functioning. But the one thing too that I wanna say that you did do is you went. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. That's why I'm saying so we got to be open. I need, like, to, I need to speak to this. And, and you went, you know, you did go. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I need, I need to speak to this. Um, from, from a clinician's standpoint, well, from my, my standpoint, I, my specialize in drugs and alcohol, right? Yeah. If you were to call me, let's say you were a fifth of Hennessy a day guy, right? <laughs> okay. You know what I mean, and you were a fifth of Hennessy a day guy for probably the last three, four, five years, right? And you called me and you said, I did it, right? I'm like, you did what? And you said, yo, I, I, I stopped drinking, man, but I got one problem, man. I'm starting to shake. My job is to tell you to take another drink, okay? Now. And not only take another drink, but take your ass to the hospital so you can properly detox. So listen, <clears throat> so the drink is to hold you over till you get there, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so on and so forth. I say that to say this. When, when, we, when, we, when we approach things, when an addict approaches drugs and alcohol, they approach it for a therapeutic reason. They, they approach it for the same reason we go to a shrink mm -hmm. because that is an available source for comfort. Yes. 
Okay, so now, what you want to do is make sure that, I'll go back to the holistic thing, that your, we, we clinicians call it homeostasis, balance. Make sure that your life is balanced or you will I, make sure, I'm not calling you, but make sure that you are not a religious drunk. Mm -hmm. Okay? And make sure that you could coexist in society in what I call harmony. Mm -hmm. and, there, and, and for the record, bruh, there's no fucking thing such as fixed. Amen. All right, I'm done. And because of what Mr. Herb is saying is at any point, this is why I say therapy, ongoing therapy is important, is because life does this. Right. right. Okay. Right. And I believe yes, for me as right. a spiritual as a spiritual, you know, counselor, as a spiritual clinician, I believe in all of it, all of it coming together. I believe in my worship of my higher power. I also believe in medicine, right? Yep. I also believe in my need for for mental health and mental mental medicine, right? All of these different pieces come together and they're all important. But I would never call anybody fixed because we're not Jesus Christ. That would be me. We're not perfect. Every single one of us sitting in this room has some stuff that we could go to a therapist to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No right. Doubt about that. So yeah. there's, if, if that's the case, and it, it, hear me out on this. And if that was the case, and we are fixed, we would have every one of us would have the perfect life that we want, right? We would be all exactly where we want to be in a marriage, in a home, in a career, whatever, whatever it is that you want, we would all have it. And if you don't. Then the question is, what is blocking us from getting that? And whatever that is that's blocking us, that's where therapy can come in to help us try to, again, organize it, sort it out, figure it out, what we need to do to be able to get it and to achieve it. That's all therapy is. It's not something that has to be this huge Shangri-La thing. I don't go in and boom, strike a bong and all these different things is going to happen. But at the same time, the goal is let's organize your thought processes, let's organize your goals, and let's set steps uh, uh uh, quantifiable steps, right? You know, we always talk about measurable, measurable steps, right? That we can see right. to get you to where you want to be. But, but you got a bong, though. I seen the bong at your house, you know? <laughs> I think there's one behind, you know? She put it in the It's probably right over there. <laughs> um, see that thing? It's like a bong, like on the bong. Wow. Yeah. That is hilarious. That kind That's of hilarious. Ivy wanted to say something, too, I'm though. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't even see it. Go ahead, baby. It's, it's okay. I, I just wanted to make a point on on these point, I just wanted to ask you a question because my thing is, what happened? I went to the doctor personally, hey, my family physician. I told him I was feeling tired, I wasn't feeling well, yeah, and yeah. I said to him, I went, and then he just prescribed he prescribed me antidepressants. Now, I'm, I didn't feel like I was depressed. I didn't feel like I was going through depression, but I took the medication because he prescribed it. Yes, and it made me very sick. I needed mm. a second opinion go to another doctor and find out that I was anemic and I had low iron, that I was not depressed. But mm. you were ready to push me several antidepressants and, and some um, other upper pills too that you would give uh, kids with ADD for, for what? For what? When you did not even give me the time of day. So this is so to be misdiagnosed and being a black community and didn't feel like you're going to your family doctor, you're going to your clinician, and you're telling them the symptoms you're going through and not being able to be diagnosed properly, then you feel discouraged to want to go back. What do you do then? What does a person is supposed to do then? If they don't feel like, um, if you, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to have those options, but so many people don't have an option to just switch their doctor and get a second opinion like that. 
So many people are just focused. This is what they provide, and this is the only doctor I can go to. Would mm. you guys, would you recommend them? That's hard. Good yeah, one, Oh, that is a good one. Um, honestly, I think it goes back to what you stated. I always like to pinpoint and ask, it, it really, a lot of this has to do with how bad you want things sometimes, okay? And this might sound a little, a little crazy, but in all honesty, you went to a second opinion because you knew something was wrong, wrong, right? And you were like, something's off, so you went to a second opinion, okay? We have a, a bad history, especially for our older generations, to do whatever the doctor says, take this, take that, and not question. So I mm -hmm. think what we're really talking about is doing research for ourselves, okay? Yeah. Doing research for ourselves and bouncing these ideas and coming to the doctors with questions. Why yeah. are you prescribing this to me? Did you do blood work on me? Were you willing to do this? Again, making sure that you're including the biopsychosocial. I went to my medical doctor mm -hmm. and I had him draw blood. This is what my blood is saying. I went to, you know, I'm going to a clinician for me to work on my mental state. And this is what my doctor's saying, right? Yeah. All these different pieces have to come together, but we don't do that. We tend to just take people at their word, these doctors at their word, where again, they're not generally for or how we're perceived um, is not well in the black community. It's no different than where um, I, there's a statistic about schizophrenia where we're most likely to be prescribed or um, diagnosed with schizophrenia, uh -huh. right? A mood disorder, just like with our children who are autistic, they will get all types of things, you know, the uh, diagnosis, but they might just be autistic, you know? Um, so these are things that we have to know and educate ourselves before we even step to any doctor, clinician, or anything like that. That would be my suggestion. And therefore, you know what to look out for. And you can bounce things and correct them or even say, whoa. Because I think it's absurd that anybody tried to prescribe you something from junk. That's crazy. I think that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. why would you need to go in and get people to try to <laughs> give somebody some I mean, type he, of medication? He just took it on face value. And and it, it, it was an MD too. He said, you're a mother. He, yeah, he's an MD. He said, regular oh, MD. He said, you're a mom. That's crazy. A regular family physician. He said, you're a mother. I'm a mother of nine. I, I have my own business. I have a lot on my plate. So he felt, if you're tired, you must be depressed. And that wasn't the case. And it wasn't that he even took the time to run a blood panel. Mm -hmm. He didn't take the time. He just made an assumption that you must be overwhelmed. You must be depressed. And that wasn't the case. And it wasn't the first time a doctor has done this. And if it wasn't for, like I said, prayer, like Dee said, and just knowing my own body and, and advocating for myself and advocating for others too, like you said, to, to research and advocate for yourself, you will get taken for a fool. I want to say three years ago, they said, you need a hysterectomy. You have this. Mm. You have PTSD. I you have this and this and that. And they showed you all these pictures mm. of what it looked like, not my own uterus, but what it looked like on why you would need mm. a hysterectomy. So we, you couldn't have children. You couldn't do this. The day before my hysterectomy, I found out I was pregnant. Me and my husband was elated and then shocked at the same time because we were going to go through with what this wow. doctor had said. And I went and got a second opinion. And, and everything they said was not true. It was all a lie. But because my OBGYN was fed up, was, dis was discouraged that my middle-class family as an African-American middle-class family was procreating and mm. he didn't like that. You have eight children. You have too many kids. Mm. I don't like it. What? We're not on the system. We pay for our own children in <laughs> our own way. Me and my husband are both college educated. I run my own business. He had, he runs his own business and works for a corporate fortune 500 company. And we mm. do very well. If I want to have 10, 12 kids, that is my right. Who are you as an MD to then say, you need this, you need this procedure, so I'm going to give it to you, and you must trust me. No matter what other, so I get a second opinion, they talk, 
and agree that this should be done. And then they plan it to be done. I believe it. Well, me, me and my husband, we're distraught. But then find out it was all a mind manipulation to, to then force you into their own thing. And this is why we grow a mistrust to the medical field of, of and just knowing that they want to take advantage of us and, and feeling that. I've been through that. And, and I definitely have a growing mistrust of of majority of Caucasian doctors on why they're diagnosing it. I need to really know the fine print. I need to see exactly why. And I want to see my test results. And they don't like that. They yeah. tell me, who's the doctor? Me or you? Yeah. And I said, but whose body is it? Yours or mine? Because yeah. I've been living in this one for 41 years. You haven't. <laughs> who are you to tell me what it is I need? And think right. of how many, and think of how but many, it is very hard. think of how many people in our yeah, community deal with that, right? <laughs> they, they go through that, but they don't get the second opinion. They just say, you know what, girl, I tried that before. That stuff don't work. It's all a bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's all a joke. So yeah. now they will trust their friend that went through that more than they would trust somebody else that has that clinical speak that right, can't right. relate to them correctly, right? So now well, that stigma grows. Well, this is why. Fourth, this third, is, fourth, fifth ahead. opinion. Sometimes you need it. You right. need a third, fourth, fifth opinion. Don't you know what I mean? Get as many this as is, you feel comfortable. That's with. what I'm you talking about. You don't even have to do a second, yeah. third, fourth, fifth, six, seven, eight. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And then a lot of people don't realize that their insurance will pay for those second, third opinions. This is what I'm and talking like, about. And on the back end, for me, one of the things that I teach our employees and what I started doing on the side with mostly women of color is teaching them how to control their visit in the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people don't know um, from something as simple as a physical, all the things that should be getting done during your physical. And it's like, well, are you getting this done? Well, no, then you didn't get a physical. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm teaching them how to be more assertive in the doctor's office, giving them checklists where, okay, this is what needs to be done during the visit. Here's some notes that you need to take in reference to the diagnosis they give you, do your own research. And a lot of times the doctors want to do is rush you in the visit and give you like 15 minutes. You're like, no, um, my appointment is for this. And when you make your appointment, I tell people, tell them what your appointment is for and tell them how long you want your appointment to be. And they'll mm. have to schedule according, accordingly mm. for you because so they have a contract with the insurance companies. If they do not do all the things that they contracted to do, mm -hmm. then you can go ahead to your insurance company, complain about them, and if they get enough complaints, they're gonna be kicked off the network. Yep. So and to speak wow. to speak power. to that to speak That's to that remember remember when I when I said I break down those um those rights. Mm -hmm. I break down those rights for those reasons. And the reason why I say this is and that I mean, what we just spoke about is the core of what this solution-based podcast, this solution-based community is all about, right. okay? This solution-based community is an available resource, okay? It's an available resource. What I wanted to talk about, how to stay well. All right, I'm cool today. How the hell can I stay cool tomorrow and the next day and so on and so forth? We got exercise. We got eating properly. We got drinking water. Uh, we got we got a ton of these things. And this is where I shut the hell up and I asked Miss Juanita yep. for her professional 
suggestions slash opinion on how African-Americans at this particular time, turning on the television, watching our brothers and sisters getting slaughtered, just mm. reading the news and wow, my Lord, the list goes on and on and on. I'm just, my wife got macaroni and cheese in the, in the thing. I don't want to talk about that. And it, yeah, this just macaroni and cheese and with the extra cheese in it. And I ain't even going, oh Lord, this, why need to please? Come on, Come to me. Bring it on. I'm still going to eat that shit tonight. No well, go ahead, Juanita. Right. Go ahead. Take uh, right now, especially during this pandemic, I want to say that what's most important is because what what has been removed is our ability to socialize in a sense, okay? And with that ability to socialize comes community support, right? Comes also our, usually interacting with our families. Something like for me personally that I miss more than anything is be able to hug my mother, okay? That's something that I can't <sighs> do. Something that is like just, is just detrimental. When I'm upset, when I'm hurt, I go to my mother. Right? I seek my mother, I seek her counsel, I go to my therapist. So I think right now we have to learn to use social media for exactly what it was intended, which is a purpose like this. Okay, not so much to uh, drown ourselves with just, you know, uh, memes and, you know, things that really don't matter, but to have forums like this where we're making our community and, like I said, using this platform as it was intended to be used to educate ourselves. I'm also a big firm believer in a daily routine. Okay, you need a daily routine. All right. If you're somebody like me who works from home most of the time because I'm doing therapy remotely most of the time, you know, um, I have a couple of clients in Seattle community. A daily routine is important. I wake up, I get dressed, I take a shower, I put on clothes. Okay. That is important. Staying in your pajamas all day long, staying there is not going to help you much. You know, don't get me wrong. You can do it from time to time, but you know, being able to keep some sense of a daily routine is really, really important. Making sure that we're still connecting to people. Okay. Even though you can't see them, use a telephone, dial right. out, right? right? Call them. Use FaceTime if you can or well, we, are we Apple junkies here, or I guess I don't know what Android. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm Android. We use Duo, ma'am. Duo, My man Joe iPhone. Like here we go. Great Joe back go. with the iPhone, but, baby. Yeah, but Google Duo, go. whatever it is that you're using, but reach out and connect with each other. Have real in touch conversations with people. Real talk. Get deep with each other. You know, now's the time for rest and healing as well. Now's the time for meditation. Now's the time to write down those goals, right? And make a list of the things. Now's the time for reflection and right and introspection. You should be doing that on a continuous basis. We have been given a gift, and I think it's also in how our perception of what we view this as. Some view this as being trapped. I view this as as a time to rest, right? Yeah. As a time to revamp, as a time to remodel. So how we frame our thoughts is also going to be really important. Are you trapped or are you safe? Yes. Mm -hmm. And for those people who have experienced grief or, or, excuse me, loss and are going through grief, you know, get the help. Even though it might be online, it is very, very, you know, uh, successful. I have people that I see online all day long and it works. It works just because I can't physically see you. We can still exchange energy and mm -hmm. you can still heal through this, these types of forms. And I think it's brilliant to be able to do therapy anywhere. Go to the park, have your therapy session. Sit on the bench, have your therapy session. In bed, have your therapy session. Where, however you want it, it's now there. Okay, and it's still private. It's still confidential, you know. And you can, you can, you can still do that. Another thing, yes, we're talking about diet. We're talking about being, but exercise is highly important right now because what most of us are doing is nothing. Okay, mm -hmm. we are still all right. If we're talking about the holistic concepts and people who don't like medication, okay, my first thing to them whenever they say, "Well, I don't want to take medication," I'm like, "I'm all for it," because that's not my first thing I try. Are you eating right? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you exercising? Okay. Because all of these things affect our, our chemicals in our brain, right? Dopamine, serotonin, lens, all this different stuff, right? That's why you feel so good after you work out. And it doesn't have to be anything extraneous. Get outside and go for a walk. Put your mask on, go for a walk. Something small. And I recommend that people do this twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Okay. Just for yourself, just to get out and to go for a walk. Don't forget your vitamin D is also going to be very important because what we're yes. going to start seeing is like seasonal depression when it looks like when the sun goes down, but we're actually starting to see it because we're indoors so much so vitamin d is really important as well um i'll also recommend for everyone to now's the time like i said as you're working on those goals um set set goals that you know you can achieve right now okay don't don't make a you can make your vision board for everybody who wants to do something for your five-year plan <laughs> but yeah. what is something that you can start doing right now because that gives us momentum to keep going right to keep building um so if it's something small i'm going to make sure that i cook five times this week instead of ordering out because I know a lot of us right now, it's kind of like, I'd rather, I want some of that mac and cheese, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, so what is, what right is a small goal that you can achieve <laughs> right now for yourself? Also, get a new hobby. Try something new. Pick up something that you've never uh, seen before to get your brain working in a different way. When you shake up your mind, right, and you do that, it's, it's, it's just good all around. Whether it's learning a new language, learning to play an instrument, painting, drawing, what is it that you like? Um, that is something that you can be interested sewing i don't know what is it if you have children do these things with them get together with them and say you know what now's crafting hour and everybody pull out some pine cones and paint pine cones whatever it is but now's the time to get your creative juices flowing because art is really powerful right and using art in therapy i'd love to be able to do such and pair it together so doing something that you've never done before is really important okay um Fair. and let me say last but not least start building on your relationships now's the time to build a relationship if you're married you have to you have the benefit of being able to live in the same house with each other get to know each other okay because what you're starting to learn each other is you're about to learn each other through trauma it's a different person it's a, different, it's a different person who we are in trauma than when we're not in trauma. We are all in trauma right now. We are all experiencing trauma at the same time. And for us as Black people, we've always had trauma. So we just have this big, giant icing on the top of our cake that we've already had. But now it's just about maybe like this big, you know, off the screen, just slapped on there. And we're seeing it. And we're seeing it over and over and over again. Also, stay off the news if you can. Okay. I'm a big, I'm a big believer of this. I like to read my information. I'm a big person because then I choose when I want mm -hmm. it. Okay. When I want to go and read it, I do not start my day with it. All right. I do not turn on because if I see that little orange man, it just burns me up to the death of me. I don't want it. I don't want it. So I choose when I go on because if you drown yourself, remember, we also operate in vibrations. So depending on where your mental state is, depends on what vibration you're giving out. So what you allow into your space, what people you allow around you, what people you interact with all affect us on a daily basis all day long. So that person that ain't no good, that every time they call and they drama, watch the phone ring. It's okay. Watch it ring. You don't owe anybody anything. Watch it ring and let them find somebody else because they will find somebody else to vent to and to give it to. That's okay. Okay. So finding all these different things, just little things that you can do to help yourself while you're here. But I'm going to tell you, prayer to meditation, whatever you call it. Okay. Whatever floats your boat is going to be really important. That's your special time with yourself. Okay, because I like to tell people this, and this is really, really, really important. If you don't like your own company, how can you expect other people to? Ooh. Mm, there it okay. is. There we you go. You can't sit still in your thoughts. There's a reason mm. for it. And I always tell people when you're meditating or when you're praying, what we tend to do, and I'm sure we're all done this, is mm, mm, I don't want to talk about, ooh, ooh, right? It'd be a little too much, and you shake it off, you don't want to. That's the place you need to go.
that place, whatever thoughts that pop up, meditation is not about clearing your mind. Meditation is about sitting with emotion. And once you learn to sit with emotion, then you can process it. Because if you can't hear it, how the hell do you know what's going on? How do you know what you need if you can't, if you're not even willing to allow yourself to process the emotions that you're experiencing, right? So prayer and meditation is really important right now to sit with these emotions, find out what you need, find out the emotions that keep popping up. If you keep popping up and that memory keeps going back to your childhood, that's something you need to address. Use this time mm. to address it. Why not? You know, if your mama, your daddy, somebody did something to you, address it. Now's the time to make amends, to make peace, because tomorrow really is not promised. Here so we go. all those bits, I think, come together to be able to help us out. I'm just so, uh, I'm so proud of you, yeah. Juanita. Proud you of you. Are, you are so amazing. I love you. I oh, love Steph. you, too. I, I just met you today, and I wanted to tell you I love you, too. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I felt real listen, connected. Listen, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you real quick. And this thing ain't over yet, but I want to let you guys know. And 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 for for Brown Girl and D, they'll, they'll tell you this shit. Once you've come on, you're part of the community, yeah. and you're attached to this particular, this is a family. So, yes, we love you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love you, okay? And we're going to continue to love you, okay? Yeah. To love you is to love ourselves because you are a part of us. Right. We cannot disown you because mm-hmm. you gave us life today. Right. You've contributed sure to our, our, our continuation of life continuum of care you've contributed to that how can i not love someone who loved me not just said it but did it but did it so i'll go back and i'll say it again the most unselfish thing we can do is be selfish without (laughs) without attending or attending to ourselves we can be no good to anyone else. Amen. The ultimate relationship, I will, I will restate this because the sister Juanita stated this. The ultimate relationship is with the one with yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to plug my book, but right here is a picture of me looking into myself. Okay? This book is entitled From GED to College Degree, how to better control your successes and blessings. Okay? One day at a time, the reader becomes the, uh, the author. The, the, the series is called The Full Experience. We'll go into that later. I don't mean to plug this book. I just want to tell you guys, I just want to tell you guys, the most unselfish thing we can do is be selfish. Take care of yourself. Yeah. This, this, this thing is about doing one thing towards your goal per day. One That's thing specific. towards your goal per day. You want to build a house? It's built brick by brick. You got brick 365 days this year. All you got to do is stay alive. Yeah. And one more thing that I want to tell you guys, because it's important to me, it's just on my heart to say is I always, we always, you guys did a segment about role models, I believe, right? Role models of community. And what I always love to say about a role model is when I look at role models, I say, what role do you want in life? And does your behavior model it? Here we go. Right. What role do you want in life? And does your behavior model it? What goal do you want in life? And does your behavior model it? You know, whatever you want to achieve and whatever you want to do is what you're doing right now. 
aligning you with what that purpose is, what you want. You know, if you want to be married and that's your goal of being married, is what you're doing right now aligning you with somebody to be married? Right. Or is that aligning are you, you a husband that, today? Yeah. Right. Or are you aligned with, you know, maybe thotting around a little bit? You know, something, something, right. you know what I'm saying? That's you know, right. do you want to do you want that career or you know, or is what your behavior aligning you where well when they pull up your social media page, they're gonna find such and such or whatever that's gonna block you from this or whatever mm -hmm. it is, right? So I think that goes back into ourselves. What do we want for ourselves and how are we making sure that we're achieving and moving towards that goal, right? And there's only light or darkness for me. You know, whether you're spiritual, whatever you believe in, you know, for me, I call them Christ. For you, people call them whatever. But to me, it's light and darkness. Is what you're doing building or destroying? Mm -hmm. And that's important Ooh. even when it comes mental thoughts too is right. what you're feeding yourself destroying you or building you up is that thought or you know i can't do this that's a destructive thought as it's not going to happen that's a destructive thought you know anxiety is a bully I, I define it as a bully within when i teach my kids how to recognize anxiety i say it's a bully it never tells you that you're pretty it never tells you that you're kind it never tells you that you can do it it's always a bully too it's always attacking right it's always lurking so that's a thought that's leading you towards destruction so now we know we need to apply a strategy to make sure that doesn't work Okay, so something like looking for how do you know if something's overwhelming you? Try to look at anxiety like these bullies that, that naturally attack us. Try to look at depressions as, you know, those things that make us unable to reach, like I said, reach our highest potential, reach our highest level of functioning. And if that keeps happening over and over and over and over again, and you can't get past it no matter what, then that's probably a good time to call a therapist to help you work through it. Okay, a medication is important when it's necessary. But remember, medication and going through with therapy, they need to pair together, okay? And that's really oh, important to make sure that they go together, all right? Do not just stop taking medication, all right? And do not just stop doing therapy. Combine them together and get a, you know, holistic feeling. Do you always need medication? No, you don't, depending on the severity of your needs, all right? But try the therapy first, add the medication in the therapy. Once you do therapy and you can't, you hit a wall, maybe it's time for the medication. So it's kind of like a little puzzle piece, but what do you want in life and are you moving towards it? I'm sorry. Um, and and I, maybe we'll say this for the end. Now, if somebody was looking for a black therapist, where would you recommend them to go? Oh, this is a tricky, tricky one because, see, for me, I, I have a couple group of people because I I'm created by black therapists, right? My mentors are all African American, so I grew up in this this pool of therapists. So I kind of use my source and my resources that I've already utilized before um or that taught me and trained me so i keep using them but um there are certain places there's a website and i can't get it off the top of my head but when you guys post this i'll give it to you so then you guys can post it but there's a website that i have and it's just in my phone that i usually pull up and it give you a list of different people that clinicians we'll also that you be listening to and they will say black you know black therapists or black clinicians that you can use in your area and yeah. they have the ability to post their information there yeah. so it's it's but it's a sad thing because it's something that they post they put themselves on that platform that you can use in the area but i've also had some people call in and be like you know to services to social services and we'll call in and say do you have black clinicians yes. we want to know what what uh, legacy or twin oaks whatever people's names are mm -hmm. when you're going for an agency ask for can you give me exactly. the names of the black clinicians that you yeah. have are they male or are they female? Don't be afraid to do that. And then from there asking, you know, you can ask what insurances do you guys take? So sometimes we have to do our own research there. So I do it like that. But there is a website where they post their own personal information. You can find black clinicians. There Psychology is. today. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. That's exactly another, what it is. Another Psychology thing is, today. I wanted to let you know, Juanita, on our website, when, uh, 
it's it's actually pending right now. But on our website, we'll actually our community is filled with black professionals. So we'll be we'll be posting that as well. Check it out. On this platform, we are known to leave better than we came. So this segment is for us to give our comments, our closing comments. I'm going to tell you, I learned a thousand things yes, every yes, time yes. I come on here. And my family gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I got more available resources. I got a new sister, Juanita. You understand? And it's just, it, it's amazing. So I would like us to take turns and just, you know, give our closing comments of what we came with and what we leaving with. i tell you what. I enjoyed today taking a backseat to my little sister. <laughs> uh, I, I just like to, to kind of sit back and, and listen to her talk and watch her move. Uh, but I appreciate all of you for bringing everything that you did here. Uh, Ivy, Brown Girl, D, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate all of y'all. Uh, this is something that I believe is very important because uh, – you know, we didn't really get to touch on this too much, but uh, there are, I mean, just lines of my family that suffer from mental illness. You know, I got <clears throat> almost entire lines of my family wiped out because of mental illness. Yes. You know, um, and are still dealing with it. So uh, it's, um, it's very important and very dear to me that this gets straightened out because there's so much of it and it's so prevalent. I could do, I would do anything that I can to try to promote uh, mental health. You know, uh, I sit back and, and have conversations with, with D. I don't know till we blew in the face about stuff that I feel like, you know, need to need to happen. But uh, as long as we have a positive outlook and we keep pushing positivity about this, you know, and encouraging people the correct way and gaining trust, you know, and keeping our, our relatability, I think that we can we can really move the needle even further than it has been. Um, man, I, I learned a lot and it's always great. I know, you know, offline, I'll, that's my little sister as well. So, <laughs> so I know that she was, she brought a lot to it and I appreciate the, the other ladies and the experience that they bring. It was just a great form. And, um, there's one thing that I was thinking about it. I wanted to just let you guys know, right. And touch on man. Cause it's, it, it's the time. It couldn't have been more perfect for this podcast is, you know, if you're an NBA fan, right. The, the first three games that Paul George played, it was like he set a, a record for like how poor his percentage went. You know, he had like 13 mm -hmm. points, 11 points, nine points. Then last night, he lit him up for 35. He was back to Paul George. So everybody thought to themselves, like, they was questioning, where was this guy? It was APB out. All yeah. of us were judging him. And he got out there today, and, you know, I went out to the game, and he said, you know what? I was in a dark place. He said, mm -hmm. mentally, I was in such a dark place, I had to go see a therapist. He said, mm -hmm. we was in this bubble. So much was going on. He said, man, I, I was out there. He said, so, yeah. but then when I realized that, like you said, Herb, I wanted to touch on this, man. You hit something, brother. You said the most unselfish thing you can do is be selfish. Mm -hmm. He said yeah. something similar. I was hurting my team by mm -hmm. avoiding the stigma of perceiving mm -hmm. to be a weakness. Mm -hmm. So he mm -hmm. went and saw the team therapist and he got out there cooking. He went back to Paul George. That's and right. what I applaud that man for, they was talking about it all day today, what I applaud that man for is stepping up and saying that because guess how many people now can look and say, 
oh, it's okay to go seek help. Paul George yeah. did it. And this goes right back to everything we, we was talking about today. So I loved it. It was perfect timing for this. Loved it, y'all. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you. Thank you guys for inviting me on. I, I really appreciate it. Like, I, I learned so much from Juanita. She, she, she's wonderful. She's awesome. You guys have a great platform here to, to help so many and to inform so many people in our community. Um, I'm proud of you, Herb. I'm, I'm proud to see where you're going and what you're doing Thank with you. your life. I, I have been you. in high school. So awesome, awesome. You. You're, you're amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm just happy to have been a part of your platform and been able to to learn so much. So I well, you're a part of the family everyone now. on here. You're a part of the community now. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much. You're a part of the community now. So this is your home. Right, girl. Hold up. Hold up. I'm going to get on my feet on this one. Hold on. I can't get that. Ah, I'm excited. Bravo, what we got? What we got? Oh, it was everything. Like, honestly, this gave me life today. Um, because a lot of times that we, we just ignore the fact that we need help. And um, like Dee said, when we have these athletes, when we have, start having these celebrities normalized, um, that therapy is okay. Therapy is necessary. Therapy yes. can help you navigate through to, to get to a better part in your life. And then when you see it, changing them and it makes it so that younger kids that are looking up to these people like hey you know what am i in a dark space and then we start to have these conversations um i just had a conversation with someone just the other day about um and just a, a trigger comment that black men don't protect black women and everything and we had this whole long conversation and it boiled down to um like when we just had like this aha moment with um I was like, he was like, yeah, no, I said, yeah, I was like, but you guys experienced so much trauma too. And I was like, and, and you're not taking the time to heal from it. And like from black women, we're starting to heal from a lot of our trauma, but we don't have our men healing at the same rate. So I, I think this conversation was so necessary. And, mm -hmm. and the fact that um, Herb and Juanita, that both of you had that background of being um, clinicians it, and you guys speak the language um you know and I, I hate that it sounds terrible when i say it out loud you speak the language of the poor um mm -hmm. so when you speak the language and somebody can come to you exactly how they are without the fear of being judged without the fear of being misunderstood and they're saying this person looks like me it, it opens up um opportunities for generational curses to be broken for generational mm -hmm. traumas to be broken and just to go ahead and start creating better generations going forward by starting with themselves. So it's so necessary. Um, Y'all are dope as fuck, yo. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so listen, although this segment is definitely coming to an end, I do not believe that this topic will come to an end. Yeah. I thought of some things and with King's signature, which I know he, he tends to back me on a lot of things. I'm gonna go out on a limb. And I'm going to say that it has to be a part two. You know why, Juanita? We have not touched on, and I don't want to touch on this. I want to leave this alone. I want to say it, and I want to leave it alone. We have not touched on psychophysiological disorders and substance use disorders in the African-American community. And with that, and with that, and with that, 
I want to say thank you all for coming out. And we out. Peace. Bye.